Yeah, so they're not they're not even opposing ideas. It's not a dichotomy. It's all part of one whole, which is the true nature of being and life. I mean, that's the thing is don't don't ever let anyone tell you that BTS is deep because they they go deep. They go deep. Thinky, thirsty, and over thirty. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown army to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and can now explain the meaning of Lachibolala. New to ARMY? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business soup that Bangtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents because one thing we know is that the content just keeps on coming. Hey, Lexi. Hey, Leah. So uh, welcome back. I really enjoyed our conversation that we had recently about BTS emojis. And we were we managed to fill the better part of an hour talking about that. I don't know how, but yeah. <laughs> and so we are back for more. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to kind of set the stage for this one because it's really hard to decide what to pick out of the entire BTS universe to talk about. When there's so many things. And so I was trying to think of something that I was like, weigh in on if this has happened to you. But I have touched on before how I experience a lot of judgment in my quote unquote real life about the fact I like BTS. Yeah. And people will be like, you know, why? And like, what is it? And sometimes I'll be like, no, honestly, it's pretty smart. To which I get a lot of, you know, snorting (laughs) and eye rolling and derisiveness. I don't tell people for the most part, because uh, for those reasons, I think they're deeply misunderstood. Yes, I would say that like, it's very easy for folks to, and this is where I want to be careful about not to yuck yums. Like when I was younger, you know, when I was about like fifth grade, I was really into new kids on the block. So I'm not going to throw new kids under the, on the new kids on the block under the bus. I had a Jordan Knight Barbie doll. I kissed a hole in my poster of Jordan Knight's face. I loved him and I was like 10. But you know what? Like some people still love New Kids on the Block and that's great. That's fine. I would say that like their lyrics aren't highly intellectual and that's fine. Yeah. Like mo- most things don't need to be. No. Uh, it's it's that thing again. It's like I was saying last time. If it makes you happy and it's not hurting anybody, nobody has the right to judge it really. Right. And one of my favorite quotes that were in like one of the BTS videos is somebody was like, what's your favorite lyric? And Young was in a mood that day and was basically like, na na na, bow wow wow. <laughs> and, you know, fair, good for him. <laughs> so, you know, yes, it's not like every single thing that comes out of their mouths is like, you know, Shakespearean. However, there is more depth than I think a lot of folks realize at face value. And something that I had been wanting to unpack for some time was a song I really like by them, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. But I wanted to talk about more the music video. Yeah, it's a big one. It's a rich one. Got the same bigness as like Bohemian Rhapsody or like November Rain. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's it's not even, I'd say it sort of has, I mean, we'll get into this, but it has a visual style. And then all of a sudden, two thirds of the way through, that gets thrown out the window and it changes for something completely different it's sort of it's an onslaught i would say in a good way in a good way but still yeah so really there are two music videos so if you look this up there is a japanese and then a korean version and so tonight we're just going to be discussing the korean version which is directed by choi young suk um and it premiered on big hits youtube channel uh in october 2016 so you know like six years ago now um oh wow we're almost like at its six year birthday too yeah it is in a week So this director, you know, I looked up a little bit of what else he's worked on, and he owns a company called Lumpins, which is a South Korean video production company. Um, But he has done some other big music video hits with BTS, including On, Idol, Butter, and also Dewichta by August D, which is a personal favorite. (laughs) Same here. Butter and Idol, especially also really like as well, just aesthetically, Idol, I think more than than the others. The on video itself, not to get too much into it, but the one that's not the the one that's filmed in the L.A. River. Oh, yeah. The the, the dance one. The kinetic manifesto. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. That's a bit confusing, that video. Maybe we'll do it one day. It is. I enjoy it a lot, but it is. Yeah, I think that, let's do that another night after we've had a few drinks. Unpack that one. I think I'll need it. <laughs> but yeah, no, there, there's definitely just with Idol, Butter, and Digita, There's those are really, really aesthetically pleasing dance videos that are really heavy with symbolism. So they're, they're great to talk about it. So with Blood, Sweat, and Tears, you know, we go on this wild ride. It really is a visual feast. It's a metaphorical journey. And I think to unpack it, let's just kind of go like point by point. There's so much, so I don't think we're going to hit all the points, but let's kind of do like it in order of like what kind of rolls out. Okay, so we start this off with like, it's just a day, right? And the whole gang is heading into this art museum. And one thing that jumped out at me right away, I don't think it's like very metaphorical, but Yungi is just like nonsensically riding a bicycle, but I'm not mad about it. <laughs> and the, you really just hear the wheels on the marble because there's no music playing yet. They're just kind of walking into this big uh, art museum. Yeah. And you hear sort of the echo of their steps and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's nice to ha- kind of have the standard shenanigans going on in the background as well while it's setting up. So. RM's reading to JK that Yoongi, as he passes by, Jimin hits him in the head his bicycle. And mm-hmm. then Jimin aims a slingshot at Yoongi, etc., etc. Just like the usual day for BTS. And they kind of are breaking up into like pairs um, a bit. But Jin splits off from everyone else, becoming very enthralled with... I mean, it's a reproduction, but, you know, I don't think it's meant to be. <laughs> um, and it's a painting that's called The Fall of the Rebel Angels by Bruegel the Elder, who was a Flemish Renaissance artist. And this painting was done in 1562. And I'm not going to get into like the depth of like the biblical analysis of it, because it's kind of a story we all really know. But it's kind of leaning on the book of Revelations, and the summation of the fact that there was like a war in heaven, uh, Michael and the angels in heaven kind of like defeated the devil and sent them out of heaven. So that's it. Like, we kind of know about the fall and, like, why there's, like, the devil and da 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 Yeah, exactly. So that's when you talk about fallen angels, that's what people are talking about. It's that, it's that specific story. And it's a very heady sort of symbol to explore with, you know, in an art gallery specifically or in a museum where they are. Yeah, and something that happens when um, Lucifer, who was, like, beloved by God, is cast out for challenging God it said that he lost his wings and there's more on that. That will be important later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's so many things that come back up later um, in the video that you get sort of dropped hints of at first, although that's a really big one. And I'll talk about a few as we go through it. And I don't know if this is just me losing it. And I remember being <laughs> in film class and stuff and people would be like that orange it symbolizes his mother and being really annoyed when people went off on tangents yeah. about what symbolism there was. But I feel like this is the kind of video that you can almost wear as Waldo stuff. Like there's, it's mm-hmm. everywhere. It's really, really dense. So, yes. And I was an English major in high or in high school, in college and very much the same. I kind of felt like that as I was like taking notes on this is, you know, how much is intentional, how much is coincidental. Yeah. And at the end of the day, ultimately like Kessa kind of doesn't really it doesn't fully matter. It's what we can unpack out of it. So that's what we're going to do. Exactly. So Jin is standing there studying this painting of, you know, the fall from heaven. And we get music that starts playing, but it's not BTS. It's actually box mass in B. And I don't know a great deal about classical music. So I did a little bit of, you know, reading around on the worldwide web and I found a quote from the Seattle Symphony musical director that hit me because, and for reasons I'm going to unpack in a second. So basically, this piece was apparently written in different stages of Bach's life. And very much at the end of his life, he kind of put all these different components together to make this mass. So he kind of compiled it as one big work, and it became the summary of his entire career. Um, And I think that what I really enjoy is that like we're seeing this like visual struggle of like good versus evil, temptation and purity. And then there's this music playing that kind of embodies the triumph of what happens with like when like a whole person's life comes together, because we can kind of infer that in a whole life well lived, we're going to really see 
good and evil, temptation and purity. It's not so binary. Absolutely. It's one of those things, again, that I think you see throughout where the the poppiness of the music is sort of masking these really, really deep questions on the nature of life and existence and humanity, which, again, I don't think people necessarily expect from the uh, performers of Butter. But it's there. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> exactly. And then just one last thing about, like, that I kind of want to add to just this moment is as Jin's sitting there, or standing there, kind of taking in the painting the music swells and then we see on either side of the painting there are two doors one's black one's white so i mean some of it is a little bit on the like it's not orange it means mother it's like there's a black door and a white door <laughs> no definitely some of it is i mean i i think it's a little bit like and i alluded to this a bit before but the bruegel's paintings you know there's a few that are quite famous and they're a lot like Hieronymus bosch paintings like they're very very dense and there's lots of little scenes and little situations going on in sort of every corner and some of them are really obvious you know it'll be uh, a devil fighting a person and some Mm -hmm. of them will be like a fish um eating some corn cobs and it's not necessarily that obvious so some stuff will be on the nose and some stuff won't be but it's like this video i think there are these like really really um, rich pastiches of all kinds of stuff going. I can't believe I said pastiche, but all kinds of things, <laughs> all kinds of things going on. And sometimes it'll, it'll just it'll flash on screen for like a second, and you know you can take it to mean something. It doesn't have to, but it, you sort of have to take it as this cautionary tale that that almost nothing in the BTS universe that's presented to us is random. Like everything is really really well thought out. It's not just like someone's whim that day. It all sort of ties together in a really nice way. Yeah, that's why when, you know, we were talking about emojis the last conversation we had and it was like RM picked the koala seemingly at random. It's like, but is it really? And then we sound crazy. But like, by the time we get to the end of this, hopefully you'll get why like sometimes I like question everything I see. Yeah. Um, so speaking of something that can like flash quickly. So, okay, we kind of move away from Jin and the mass or the mass music and we get this flash like it's the whole gang kind of like sultry in this room and none of them look unattractive. <laughs> no, everybody's looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a yeah, a high point for them. But then behind them, something that I didn't realize until I was like reading more about the music video. I mean like I see a painting, but it's like, you know, it's in the background and really I'm looking at Jimin in his velvet jacket. Um but behind them is a replica of the Lament for Icarus which was painted by English artist uh, Herbert James Draper. And it depicts, of course, Icarus, who flew too close to the sun and literally crashed and burned. So kind of the original live fast, die young icon, or like Neil Young once said, better to burn out than fade away. So this is where I'm like, is this all getting like really on the nose and heavy handed? Or is this all just kind of just right? But I mean, at the same time, who's who besides us is looking up the paintings in the background. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's only on the nose if you really get into it. Some of the, I'd say some of the symbolism becomes less symbolic and more overt. And then it's quite obvious mm-hmm. what's happening with people being blindfolded and tied up and things like that. But otherwise, um, uh, you know, I, I like little Easter eggs, things that I can, uh, that I can sort of explore further and decide what they mean, I guess. So I'm saying just right. Yeah, me too. And I even don't mind the pink neon sign hanging up that just says the tempter. <laughs> I, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's like right over by the painting. I don't know how I didn't notice the pink neon sign, but... Um, <laughs> well, it's hard because there's also kind of like fallen chandeliers around them. And I'm telling you, Jimin in his navy blue smoking jacket or whatever, velour yeah. velvet, and then like his like neck choker thing. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. He looks good. I would say, and I mean, I don't want to objectify them, but uh, this is when they really start to look good to me. Like, this is when they really hit their stride, and it's a little bit less the their sort of younger appearance. The big, the, the, the ma- big chains the big and, chains like, and really, the, like... The matchy clothes and the, the knockoff Versace and all that stuff. Like, I think yeah. they really sort of start to, I guess, articulate sort of their vision for the group a little bit more and and what role they want to play. And obviously some good stylists came on board. But yeah, this is definitely 
an example of it doesn't look like it's six years old. Like it, you know, we agree. We, we can tell because of sort of the way they look, but it's not dated by any by any means. No. I don't think so. And there, I think at the beginning, and we've touched on this a bit, um, and I think we'll always continue to, is that when they debuted, there really was kind of a big push to, I think they were meant to be seen as allies for youth and kind of like speaking about the youth experience, but it was very masculine looking from like that overt bulletproof everything to the big chains to like just their sportwear, like everything. And so at this point, we see some of them kind of moving into what we know them to be now. Like, I really, this really is just like a love letter to do today for me. But, you know, this is a time when I think we start to like appreciate more of his duality. And I think that's great considering how much this video is about people's duality. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely comes into play now. You start to see it now. I mean, I think it would be interesting to sort of look at the evolution over time but to me it, it almost kind of happens if you're looking at the music videos almost overnight it just suddenly they're mm-hmm. there they're there as they are now in a way mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's nice and i think since they stayed that way too i feel like it's more of a true form yes you know like we haven't really seen a bit i mean obviously their styling and like looks have shifted but really they've kind of stayed in more of this space yeah i think that this is their true form <laughs> yes um, one thing i will I, there's a couple things i want to flag here if you if you don't mind um so one of the things that i wanted to talk about is um there's we have uh j-hope who is aiming a bow and arrow right and behind mm-hmm. him we have this reproduction of michelangelo's pieta so the Pieta is this really famous statue that's now in the Vatican and it depicts Mary holding Jesus's body after the crucifixion, etc. Um, and I was, you know, I saw it, I recognized it and I was trying to research what it could mean because it's definitely one of the most, more overtly religious images, you know, fall, mm-hmm. fall, fallen angels and stuff like that. You can sort of work into any mm-hmm. kind of, narrative but when jesus gets involved it's like a little more difficult um Mm -hmm. but so i had a look around and and apparently michelangelo had characterized it as the heart's image so i thought that was a really interesting idea so for him it's i mean you can take it to mean whatever you want it to mean but for him the pieta is either like the essence of of who we are or the purest form of love or both or neither or whatever but i think it's it just speaks to something very um very true and and stark and real that the maybe the director wanted to represent um the other thing too is that later when the statues start to crack um mm-hmm. the piano was really badly damaged in this famous i mean famous to people who know about these things attack by this hammer wielding person man in 1972 so that really reminded me of that too because you sort of can't see or read about the pieta without then the second sentence is this breathless oh and it was horribly disfigured and people grabbed pieces of it after it was sort of as the man was going after it and took them and never brought them back so oh okay i did not know that part it's a really it's a really so you've got like a piece of like ceramic on my grandma's shelf and she's like that's from the pieta i just took it yeah i took it i didn't give it back to the vatican i'm a good italian catholic oh apparently uh <laughs> like the nose was never found kind of thing so it just mm. it, it, it was it's sort of one of these things that you're just like oh jesus okay next but once you start looking at it and thinking about it it can mean a lot more mm-hmm. anywho there's also a hobby with his bow and arrow and, you know, they delve into Greek mythology a lot. So it could be, you know, Apollo, for example. I was thinking maybe a cherub, but he's looking a little bit too fierce and intense to be a cherub in this case. So, mm-hmm. you know, it could be Apollo, who's the god of archery, of music and dance, as Javi is, right, in a way, mm-hmm. um, of truth and prophecy and all kinds of things. So there's that going on. Second thing. Um there's these scenes where we see Taeyang sort of being with this gauzy, silky fabric sort of running over his face and it's rippling and it's slipping over him and stuff. It's really beautiful and affecting. Uh, and 
I don't know. I didn't know I cared about statues as much <laughs> until today when I was looking into this. But it reminded me of this um, this statue uh, called the Veiled Vestal Virgin by Monty, mm-hmm. um, which figures pretty prominently, for example, in like the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. So that's one of the examples where it shows up. So we don't have time into to get into, you know, what it means for Taeyong to be a Vestal Virgin. I think that that's like too intense and too esoteric and also <laughs> like probably too hot. Um, but I will say that that imagery of that, the sort of someone who's like being veiled by fabric, but also his looks are being enhanced by it at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, even though it's on for only a few seconds, it really made an impression on me, obviously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. While this is all happening, we're really just getting a lot of hedonism. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of rooms filled with smoke. Yeah. Um, I'd say that there's a reasonable approximation of absinthe being drunk. I want to say that oh. Nam June's exhaling smoke is not unpleasant. <laughs> it wasn't unpleasant, but it did look very vapey. Like it did look mm-hmm. very uh yeah, it's like plumes, like big clouds, big yes. clouds of smoke. The absence was, yeah, I mean, it was the whole, like, burning the the sugar over the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I think it was. And the bright green. Bright green, yeah. And then, you know, okay, then we see something that uh, is also a callback to, you know, kind of more overt religion, which is Jimin and Sugar in a room together. And they're kneeling, facing each other. Mm-hmm. And Jimin is holding an apple. <laughs> so... A pretty clear callback to, you know, the temptation of Eden and then like, you know, just again, like more duality. Yes, which is, I mean, happening constantly, I think, at this point. That's sort of, we get all that stuff leading up to, so it's, you get the hedonism imagery, the really sort of sensual, ripply, the uh, fabric and uh, J-Hope's in, in water when he's shooting his bone arrow. Like, he's sort of, yes. like, standing in a bathtub, maybe? Like, it was hard for me to tell what was going on. And then mm-hmm. that all builds up to suddenly there's a reading. We get a reading. Yeah, okay, well, right before the reading, we see Kim Taehyung literally go take a fall. Oh, yes. Yeah, so he yeets himself off the balcony, <laughs> and he looks very happy to do it. So basically, I think, because of where um, V becomes where he goes in the rest of the video is I feel like this is really just like, he's going for the fall now. Like this is his fall. He is, he is the fallen angel at that point. Yeah. Um, and so yes, then we hit the reading. Yeah. We hit the reading from Namjoon. So I need to make a confession. (laughs) When I first watched So I've watched this a few times before deciding to like deep dive it. I did not realize until I was yesterday years old when I uh, realized it was Nam June. <laughs> oh yeah, Nam June. Yeah. So there is like to- perfect pitch and people who have like perfect pitch. I do not, oh, and okay. I did not. Okay. And so, but this also like you know like you could be like, oh my god, how did you not recognize his like very obvious voice? Look, I don't know, but also. My husband was in, like, somebody made, like, a cartoon about my husband about six years ago. You can look it up on YouTube. It's called, like, Bright Spots. Like, if you put in, like, Bright Spots Conservation, you'll find it. And anyway, it's, like, a six-minute video where he is, like, somebody makes, like, a cartoon and he narrates it. So he sent it to me without a lot of context to be kind of like, hey, look at this cool thing. But I just got it. And I watched it. And afterwards, I called him and I'm like, whoever narrated that should totally do audiobooks. They're so good. (laughs) And he was, like, laughing and going along with it. And finally, he's like, wait, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, that's me. <laughs> so I listened to six minutes of my husband narrating. And had no idea it was him. So you have you have something. You have a kind of voice recognition. <laughs> Blindness, yeah. Issue. Yes. So, I mean, this should have no bearing on, like, is BTS a good group? Because I like that. But, like, I just wanted to flag that, like, no, I didn't realize it was Namjoon. I don't know why. But I also have a history of not recognizing voices I should recognize. It is Namjoon doing the reading, but the person that we see silhouetted, like, it's all red and there's a person silhouetted in black is actually Jin. Yes. Jin's kind of, like, one of our main, like, I was, like, kind of, he's, like, the protagonist throughout this whole thing. Yeah, I'd say there's some people who I feel like did not get a lot of camera time in this. I mean, we can get into it later when we cover the impressions, but definitely Jin yep. and Young are the major players 
Yes. And here is where anyone who's watching at this point who's like, look, we think you've drunk the Kool-Aid. You are talking about orange like it means the mother and you are making this all up. I'm going to say by the time we hit Namjoon's reading, I'm going to say this is intentional. So what he says is he too was a tempter. He too was a link to the second, the evil world with which I no longer wanted to have anything to do. So I had no idea what it was. I just thought it was like, you know, I figured it was something, but like I didn't have the time or resources to like figure out what it is. Right. So it's um, it's from a book called Demian by Herman Hess. And have you read this book? Because I have not. I have not either. Well, do you know who has read it? Our friend Namjoon. Uh, yeah. And he made all of BTS read it. <laughs> and I did uh, enjoy a part where Yoongi talked about how, you know, he didn't really feel like he was enjoying it. And then he ultimately did enjoy it. Okay. Um, and apparently Demian had like a very profound impact on how they shaped the album that this song, Blood, Sweat and Tears, was on, which is Wings. And it really is a lot about. So I haven't read this book. But I did listen to a very good podcast review of the book. So I just want to like kind of read this out a little bit just because I think it kind of sums up well. And I'm guessing most of us haven't read the book. So this is like a paragraph that kind of sums it up. So this is from the Mere Mortals book review podcast. And it came out in February 2022. And the summary is essentially um, that this book is about the exploration into the inner world of self um, it's a psychological journey of facing fear, pursuing the inner voice, and preparing oneself for a life of lonesome transcendence. So it follows a young man, Emil Sinclair, who grows out of adolescence into early manhood with the help of his enigmatic friend, Max Demian. And it kind of just gets into the challenges he must confront to transform behind beyond his initial somewhat weak and naive beginning to really having this experience where he starts to recognize that like the world is not all good or all bad. It's like, there's much gray, there's much murkiness. Um, and the, uh, the person who did the review kind of summed it up as saying that there's a sense of how often in life you're sidetracked, but those detours can lead to more inner knowing. Um, but they also have the danger of derailing you from true purpose. And really, I was like, well, that kind of sums up how I feel like this music video looks. Yeah. Plus, for like that new adult stage of like 18 to 25, which like Namjoon was solidly in as he was like helping and not just him, but like the group itself. This is like what that time period is all about. Absolutely. I mean, there the video like before what I was saying about the Pieta being the basically the inner heart, like a depiction of the inner heart. It's all about interiority. It's all about thinking about who you are, what you are, what you want to put forward, um, and how that compromises or doesn't your true self. And and even getting to know what you like and what you don't like and what's right and wrong to you, as opposed to, you know, the group you're a part of. And I mean, don't mean the members, but I mean your social mm -hmm. groups or your family or whatever. So it's sort of a really... It can be a really navel-gazy period in a kind of annoying, gross way, but... Um, here, I mean, it's depicted so beautifully and so richly that I, I don't mind at all. I mean, they can keep thinking about it as much as they want to, to be honest. Right, exactly. And then we go right from this kind of dinner with this like narrative voice going over it to a great scene, which is like Sugar going full fan of the opera, wailing it on the organ. I had to look up what it was he, uh, he was playing. Oh. And God damn if I can pronounce the name, but <laughs> it's like Buxtahudes. Sure. Buxtahudes Pesagalia. Yeah. And I don't know much, like there wasn't a lot of like deep meaning ascribed to it, but it very much sounds like what I would imagine if I was like, I need a requiem. I'm going to phone in a requiem. That's the song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's sort of... I don't know. I feel like there's a period of time where they needed to have him do some kind of piano or now organ solo. And that like checks that box in a really pleasant way that I, that I enjoyed. Okay. So I feel like we're kind of reaching this crescendo. Yes. So at this point, all the guys are chasing V 
And I would say after V has like had his fall and kind of where he has his big reveal toward like in a, in a few moments, he really is fitting as kind of like the hub of temptation here. And the only person who's kind of not chasing him with like lethal abandon is Jin, who's still kind of hanging back and dragging his feet. So V returns to him, covers his eyes, and then slowly kind of undoes his fingers. And we see that Jin is now beholding in the museum a statue that wasn't there before. And it's this giant, very androgynous statue with gigantic black feathery wings. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, there's no, if I were to depict uh, a genderless figure, it would be that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so what does he do? He does what anyone would do if a giant genderless wing statue appears. Especially museums, where you're not yeah. supposed to touch anything. Yeah. Yeah. So he approaches it very slowly and with purpose, gets right up to it, and kisses it very sensually. Not sexually, but sensually on the lips. Yes. He takes his time with it. Yeah. This is he not really does. This is not a fact. <laughs> no, it's a full throttle and embrace Jin's lips yeah and Jin's got a nice mouth and he puts it to work mm-hmm. um and then we cut to the big shot and it's V shirtless and he has like gouges on his back like somebody has like ripped out wings from the stem in his shoulder blades yeah he sort of looks back he's he's sort of uh kneeling and his shirt is off his shoulders and he sort of looks back and gives a bit of a classic smirk when it's not like he's sad or wounded or anything he's just like mm-hmm. it was me yep yep but then this is where it gets interesting because all of a sudden then i had been really leaning on this as like okay lucifer like good versus evil blah 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 but it's actually way more interesting and smart than that and what it does is Apparently, it's leaning not so much on Lucifer and, like, Satan, but this being that's known as Abraxas. And I'm not making this up because Abraxas also features really heavily in the book Demian. And I'll, I'll just and say here that they they do confirm, like, I was in them making... Uh, they're, when they're watching the video together for the first time, Namjoon does say... Uh, does mention Abraxas specifically, so... We, it's, okay. It's definitely it's a direct link. Yeah. It's not me just being annoying. No. No. <laughs> so okay. So yeah. No. But I mean, like you know, the, this there's intentionality here, yes. and so basically by the end, it's like rather than this fall of Lucifer and like heaven and hell and this idea of good and bad as these two separate states of being, never to mix. You know, kind of like oil and water. We have Abraxas and Damien, which is this deity. Who and not just in Damien, like Abraxas is like a, like I think it's from like the Gnostic texts or something, but he, like it is like a deity. It's just like, but it is brought up in Damien. Um, and Abraxas's purpose is to unite the entire world, the light and the dark, the godly and the devilish. And it's a spiritual entity that does not like pr- propose to represent either, but it actually affirms both. Yeah. So they're not they're not even opposing ideas. It's not a dichotomy. It's all part of one whole, which is the true nature of being and life self. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing is don't, don't ever let anyone tell you that BTS isn't deep because (laughs) right. They go deep. I, yeah, I mean, I looked it up in, in preparation for this and it's, yeah, I mean, it's one of these concepts that's really difficult to even really summarize because yes, it's a deity, but it's also like a word of power Mm -hmm. and and a symbol and an energy has all these different meanings. So it's not the kind of thing, honestly, you know, when you think about um, anyone in their early twenties, it's not the kind of thing that you expect them to really grasp onto as a concept even when they're going through a period where they're really trying to decide who they are in the world and what their place is in it. I mean, this is, it's pretty heavy intellectual thing. Yeah. Like not to objectify, like you said, but if Namjoon was in like my comparative literature class in college, (laughs) I would have definitely noticed. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so I'm just going to close out the video and then we can kind of unpack it. So then we move from this like Abraxas fallen angel thing to Jin. We're back to Jin. And Jin is again standing in the museum staring. But this time he's staring into a mirror. And there's a quote above the mirror in German. So I looked it up. And it's, a tra to translate it into English, it's, you must have chaos within yourself to give birth to a dancing star. From Nietzsche's Thus Spoke Zarathustra. So, of course, of course. Like, and I was like, oh my god. Like, if you're 18 to 25 and you're, like, getting into, like, reading heavier stuff, I'm like, yes. I mean, this makes so much sense to me. <laughs> These references, though, they're so intense. Like, Yeah, they are. You're going through it. Yeah. Um, and so, again, it's like that by embracing the so-called chaos and our lightness and our dark, we're able to find this creative freedom and potential. And then next to the mirror is our two flowers. One is a white lily and one is a purple hyacinth. So the white lily is a very powerful symbol in Catholicism, and it is often associated with the Virgin Mary, who we've already seen, you know, floating around in this. And it represents the value of purity. And then hyacinth actually represents more like sadness, like a deep sadness, though, okay. and a wish for forgiveness. <laughs> Wonderful. It, and this is because uh, the flower is named after another myth about a young Greek boy, uh, Hykinthos. Sure. And so two of the gods, Apollo and Zephyr, the sun god in the west wind, both kind of like fell in love with this young boy, vied for his attention. And one day Apollo was like hanging with him and, you know, showing him how to throw a discus <laughs> as you do when you're a god, like on the prowl. And Zephyr got into a very jealous rage and he, using his wind power, blew the discus back. Unfortunately, though, it killed Hykinthos with a strike to the head. So, boom, that's what happens. You know, crime doesn't pay. And Apollo named the flower um, Hyacinth. And so, you know, we have Jin looking in a mirror. It's pretty self-explanatory. This is a place of reflection. Um, we see this, like, sorrow, but also this purity. Again, that, like, duality together. And then as Jin's looking at his face, he gets, like, a crack in his perfect cheekbone. And that kind of closes out the music video. Yeah, and at the same, sort of in the same um, series of, of images, there's Jimin takes off his blindfold and then like he has green tears coming out of one yes. eye. So everybody's being marred. Their beauty is being affected kind of thing. Yeah, like the, the absinthe tasted real good going in and now it's coming out your eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is the come down. <laughs> Um, I thought it was really interesting. And I mean, there's there's a lot to talk about. You know, we always talk about the duality of Jimin, the duality, the duality of Taeyang, like where for they'll go from um, cute little guy, <laughs> cute little guy one second, little goober, little buddy to like, uh, you know, a man that I would be concerned to be alone with for my for my own, my <laughs> own willpower, you know? Yeah. Um, not any aspersions on them. So we always talk about that, but I think it also really shows this video is like the perfect embodiment of that to an extent. So there's that duality. There's the shifting of who they are individually, but also there's so many contrasts going on. You know, there it's so, you know, you're talking about the velvet before and you're talking about the silky fabrics, but you're also in this like really austere setting of a museum with marble and, uh, you know, uh, glass and antiquity everywhere. But then there's fallen chandeliers and there's absence and there's smoke and there's, I don't know, it's just, it's a visual feast. There's so much mm -hmm. happening. And then about two thirds of the way through, we get sort of these like acid neon pink images. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, it just sort of saves it from becoming too much in a way too. Like, you know, if you have something that's that, um detailed and symbolic and heavy that little i don't know if you know the part i mean but at one point there's a dance break and they just mm -hmm. it just becomes like this really overexposed um mm -hmm. pink situation it was sort of palette cleanser for me and it like gave me a break it gave my senses a break and i was able to 
start over and start like thinking too much about statues again. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a really really good video. <laughs> I have to say, I think the first few times I watched it, I just thought this is weird um, without really <laughs> without too much introspection there. But um, the more you look at it and you consider all the separate elements. I think it's just, it's phenomenal. I think it's a really good one. And here's something that is interesting because you're kind of saying it's interesting to think about who features a lot in this yeah. and who features less. And I think the person that I'm surprised features less in it, considering I really see their fingerprints all over it, is Namjoon. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's true because this is, this is definitely... I mean, based on what you're saying about him making them all read this book and sort of embrace it as their, I don't know, as their their guiding text moving forward, um, it's true. He's not in it a lot. I guess the, the reason I didn't notice it, now that you're mentioning it, I, I totally understand, but the reason I didn't notice it is because the images, the shots he's in are so impactful. You know, there is the smoke thing and the yeah his smoke action. shot is a very it's a very good shot very good. yeah the person who i found was really not in it a lot for a video of any time especially this time was jungkook like he just mm. wasn't he didn't like factor really like he was around he had some scenes he did like there was the scene where he was sort of hanging from the ceiling by the by the waist, you know, normal. Yeah, he kind of is upside down in, like, some sort of, like, Matrix-like state. Yeah, and he has the whole BTS signature of the lollipop situation, mm -hmm. which is a weird, like, reverse, well, like, different gendered Lolita slash cigarette replacement. I've never quite understood mm -hmm. the lollipop situation, but they abound. Once you start looking for them, they are everywhere. There's a lot of lollipops, yeah. Um, but beyond that, he's just not really in it or maybe i guess the shots that he was in weren't that just weren't that impactful for me i don't know and you know no i think you're right in the story they were telling he like when he does feature he's in stasis yeah exactly yeah and i mean even ugh, like yuki gets a, an organ solo jimin is mm -hmm. all over the place like this is some of jimin's like best he does the whole shoulder shake with the jacket coming off his his shoulder which is <laughs> it's I mean, it's it's a, really good. It's iconic. <laughs> it's iconic. And even J-Hope, who's often underutilized, as we will mm -hmm. talk about one day, um, has these great scenes with the bow and arrow and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It's just strange. You know, I'm used to Jungkook being treated as sort of the center, in a way. And he is in the yeah. middle in a lot of the seat, like in the dance scenes. He's in the middle. Mm -hmm. but, but that's it. <laughs> Yeah, he's not driving the story no. forward no. whenever he is shown. he's He is mostly either, like, with the group or he's in this, like, period, this moment. And, I mean, it's curious to see what that choice was. Like, was he left on the cutting room floor? Was it that he was still a bit of a bebe? Like, I'm thinking 2016, he would have been, ooh, like, 19? 19, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. I was like, yes, 19. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was born in 97. So maybe they were like, look, we're not going to corrupt Bebe. <laughs> and he can kind of just hang there upside down. Yeah. And everyone else is over 20, so, like, that's fine. So there is a parody of this that they do, um, that BTS themselves do, um, that is to do with them all being roommates. Like, it's the roommate configuration. And in that mm -hmm. one... Jungkook actually does get like a uh, hobby holds him like a baby for a while so maybe it's like that that obvious it was just like he was too young so they couldn't have him doing any of the more like loose stuff you know because yeah because I think the age of consent I I mean correct you know I, I'll I double check know. on this but I I believe <laughs> like, this isn't me looking to like confirm it I just believe I've stumbled into this before is I'm pretty sure it's 20. Oh yeah well yeah they're adults when they're 20 right legally yes I, I only know that from gob no 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 but I'm looking this up really fast because I want to see I mean clearly people aren't waiting till they're 20 but I feel like this no. is a thing but I think they're fairly they've been fairly careful i know when they went to the states 
at one point everyone was drinking and he was 20 and they weren't letting him drink. And I was like, guys, come Yeah. Okay. So the age of consent is in fact 20, like in the criminal act, article 305. And it's one of the oldest ages of consent in the world. That's cool. And what's wild is that before it was 20, it was 13, which is one of the lowest in the world. Guys, there is a happy medium there. <laughs> and in Japan, the current age of consent is still 13. So basically, Korea was like, up oh, 13's feeling a little too young. We are going to go to 20. 20 feels old. 20 is old. 20 is old. 13 is young. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's ways we can work around that. No, that so that makes sense. Um, I don't know if they. I I guess they would think about it. Like, I've seen them do go to insane lengths to sort of hide. Like there was, there was a. I'm not even sure what it was. Maybe a, a Bangtan bomb or a live or something at one point where, um, Nam June and Jin got into an argument about a knife because of uh, Nam June's inability <laughs> to use one. And he right. was walking around with it in a way that Jim was saying was dangerous. And they got into an argument. They were sort of brandishing it around. And then Jimin, like, turned, blocked the camera for a while. Because, yes. like, you've seen them blur out knives in dramas. Right? Yes. So they can be very, very hyper vigilant about stuff like that. So Well, I will say Jimin more than most. He is a company man and he is a good boy and he knows like you know, and Jin often does too, but Jin was pretty caught up in being like, Nam do you are a dumbass right now. <laughs> well, he was, I think he was holding the knife like towards Jin and like up towards his own head. Yes. And he was doing it and the thing about Nam June is that he would have been doing it very innocently and could have caused it. My cat just jumped up on the desk. That's all right. Hello, cat. Um, and he could have caused great bodily harm to himself or someone else. Or just others. yes, yeah, just cause. Just by being him, and just all that to say, not to go off into too many directions. Yeah. but it hadn't occurred to me at all that that's why Jungkook wouldn't have been maybe as involved in the scenes, but. No, me neither. But if this was all about kind of temptation and like naughtiness, they're not going to put the the kid can't even legally <laughs> like you know go to a love hotel. He's not allowed to go to the party. It's happening past his bedtime. Um, and yeah, because everybody else gets their sort of uh, time in the sun in a way. Their their uh, sultry time. Yes, so, this is true. I hear purring now. Yeah, he he ignores me. I ignore him. And right now I'm podcasting, so he's like, "Hey, Hi. let's let's do you. this." <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he loves me, but he's like, "Yeah, he wants to be with me." That's just yeah. how I'm learning cats go. Um, all right. Well, any other parting thoughts on the music video? Um, no. All I'll say again is uh, I think that almost all of their music videos bear a second and third look. And again, not for objectification reasons alone. I think there's um, a lot going on there, and um, it's worth looking at and thinking about and looking up. And for me, watching Nam June start to rap about peaches and cream, sweeter than sweet, is just not good for me and my mental health. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just, that's a rough. There are moments in this one that's rough, like where I'm like, you know, I'm trying to just be an admirer. And, you know, now I'm, you know, this is my Abraxas. Yeah. You know, this is my duality where I can respect you. I can certainly draw some healthy boundaries and yet I can crack them right down the middle sometimes like the minute Jimin starts body rolling with his jacket coming off it is a problem I mean that's what they make that's what they make you do though that's their fault don't blame yourself <laughs> so I celebrate them I celebrate this video and I think it's worth just continuing to unpack different elements that they bring to different time periods of, you know, their albums and their concepts, because I do think that looking back, it is interesting now to see how there is so much coming of age grappling and in a way that is done really emotionally healthy and honestly. And I really enjoy that. And this is 
this is going to be a whole other podcast, but I think it really made me have an aha moment about where they may have gotten a little bit lost, especially Nam June, where he like talked about the festive dinner. Obviously there's many things going on for the group right now, but that idea that they were reconciling something that was kind of conventional of the sense of like, they were young they were pretty like they were pretty scrappy as they were beginning. Um, you know, they'd all come from kind of varying degrees of like middle class, some of them potentially slightly upper class backgrounds. But, you know, they kind of all had like common experiences that like many other Korean youths would have had. And then we're in this kind of underdog group and we're like coming good. Whereas now, what do you do? What do you have to say when you're like looking down the barrel of 30 you have not as many normal relationships anymore. Your life is not very relatable anymore. And and so that doesn't mean that there's not really big things to say and to observe. And I think there are, but I can see how there's going to be some pause to be like, okay, I need to, it's not quite so simple. No, um, I think you're absolutely right. And this is definitely a bigger conversation that we'll have to have and I think we might find out more from them even over time about this struggle that that's obviously been brewing for a while but they went from being pretty um from creating really message music not to trivialize it but I mean it Mm -hmm. very much was that to we know the last three I call them the last three songs. They're not anymore since Proof. But if you look at, at Dynamite Butter and Permission to Dance, those are not that. And that is it's fine. They serve their purpose. But they're not what has um, the kind of songs that they were writing before. And um, like you're saying, once you have grown past the sort of figuring out who you are and you know who you are, but you can't you can't have a normal day. Like you don't know what a normal day is like anymore. Maybe Um, it can be really difficult to know what to say next, especially if it's the kind of thing, like part of the reason that they are so um, famous and that they were disliked initially is because of how different I think they've been in the Korean scene, generally speaking. And so Mm -hmm. to know how to innovate next and to see things differently next and what to say, I think is going to be really challenging it's a fine line and i don't know what they're gonna end up um doing so i can understand why it sort of reached um a crisis level well lexi the best the best is yet to come i mean so i've been told (laughs) that's what i was told and then they made a commercial with it so i don't know yeah yeah it's hard i will say that um I want to, sometimes I do want to sit down with, with, I don't know why Namjoon always becomes the person, like, he's not even my bias, but, like, he's the person I always want to, like, have a chat with, and I just want to sit down and be like, you know what, let's look at, you know, what, what went down in, like, you know, 2020 to now, and the good that came with it, you know, obviously some bad, too, and let's just remember Abraxas. <laughs> you know, you, you had that as your lodestone once, bring it back. And I, I agree, though. I think that he's the one, and, and again, I've told you this before, but he's the only one that I feel like I would ever speak to if I saw them, and I wouldn't. But if I did, I would just <laughs> tell him that it's okay, and it's going to be okay. He just seems to be craving reassurance that we're not going to, you know, turn our backs if they try something a little bit differently. And obviously, we're not, so... I don't know. He, yeah, I think he needs to read another uh, life changing book or something. Yeah, he he needs to do quite a few things. (laughs) Um, So let's hope he gets on them. And I'm very, I'm excited for all of their albums. I'm excited for all the things that are yet to come. But I really think that I want to take a big cue from kind of, since he is the leader. Um, you know, J-Hope is underrated as far as the, I think, the contributions he makes. I mean, his song credits are very heavy. I mean, I know we talk about Yoongi being the producer a lot. But Yoongi's kind of, like, going for BTS. But he's also, like, kind of, like, producer for Hired. I mean, that, like, with a lot of respect. Like, you know, he's yeah. he's a lot of places doing a lot of things. <laughs> he makes, like, jingles for dumplings and stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah really good ones, too. Yeah. But, um, but J-Hope, you know, seeing Jack in the Box again, like, that his whole thing with Jack in the Box was very much a concept and obviously something he'd been working on personally that I think really ties into everything we're talking about today too. 
of, you know, the duality, finding meaning and experience. How do you hang on to hope when you don't even know if you feel hopeful, all those things. So I thought, I think he really is, his solo album was fantastic, really should have been promoted a bazillion times more by the company, in my opinion, but like a true classic, like critical darling and really, you know, fits into kind of a lot of what we talked about tonight. Absolutely. It it definitely felt like and sounded like he was working through things that I think we, with him, you wouldn't necessarily suspect were going on, but obviously we're very deeply, deeply um, happening. So under the still water. And I hope in throwing down that gauntlet, yeah, I hope under that gauntlet that he kind of threw down, that the group could see, like, here's a path forward of being honest, and even if you live an unrelatable life, you can still have very relatable feelings. So, okay. So before we kind of, like, so I think we've kind of, like, put to bed blood, sweat, and tears for now. Is there anything else that, you know, you would like to unburden yourself with about Bongtan this week? There always will be. Uh, this week, I, I don't even... I think you might have mentioned it last time. I'm not sure. But um, I we, we've seen now increasingly that uh, lives are switching from um, the app to Weverse. And, you know, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. I have to set up a whole other notification structure, but fine. Um, but mm-hmm. the problem is that we used to get uh, subtitles in a day on VLives, and now mm-hmm. it's taking a week or more to get them on Weverse. And more. It's really annoying. I mean, look, I know I'm being entitled, and I should, uh, you know, probably learn Korean, but um, that's going to take a little while. And, um, you know, the amount of money I personally have given Weverse, uh, just for shipping, for example. You would think that they would be able to do this. And I, I just, I, it's a step backwards and I don't really get it. I don't understand um, why it's happening. I want to know what they said. <laughs> I want to know what they said the next day, not two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And look, if it will take me buying the collector's proof edition at, you know, whatever it's clocking in, however many hundreds of dollars, like, if it's gonna get me subs, like sure. Just like what do what do we need to do to bring folks in to like make this happen? Because the delay is pretty substantial. I agree. And and yeah, we live in an immediate world. <laughs> and so it's yeah, it's tricky. Well, wag of the finger to uh weavers and I get it when it's like three and a half hours of uh Jin playing a video game. Although realistically he's just saying yup like ninety-five percent of the time or wait, wait, screaming. Wait, 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 wait. There's yeah. a lot. <laughs> so really we would like to see them as soon as possible. I am relieved that at least they're coming now because for a while I didn't think that they were coming. I thought we just were gonna have yeah. to like read the benevolent work of, you know, K-Army, who was translating stuff and putting it out. Bless K-Army. And that's not their... Yeah, that's not their... Uh, no, it's not their job. Do it to be nice. And you're right. Yeah, if I'm paying, like, double what the photo book is for Jimin's folio, I would like to hope. The shipping is. <laughs> it is. It is. Okay. Well, that is our, you know... Tonight, unfortunately, uh, you know, for unburdening ourselves, it was more of a wag of the finger to Weavers. But, you know, that's not that's not on the guys and it's not on their uh, their artistic and creative journey at all. No, not at all. And we, we just shared our uh, our love and appreciation and the knowledge that we gained from the music video. So I think we can have a little negative on the balance sheet at the end like this. Yeah, I think it's it's all Abraxas. <laughs> It is. It's all the same entity. It's true. Yeah. And I mean, I can't have the good without the dark and I can't have the joy without the suffering. So that is what this experience teaches me. It's when I see Jimin dancing, I have joy and pain and sorrow. And when I watch Weverse, I experience similar things. And you're going to have to pay, you know, $28 to uh, have a photo card shipped to you. That's Yes. So I'm just gonna like tattoo Abraxas on my body as my reminder. Sounds good. <laughs> I'll 
across. All right. Well, this was a good combo, and let's leave it here because we've kind of hit our time wall. We have. All right. Well, Borahe. Borahe. Can't get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Great. Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon Delight, K-Drama Deep Dives from three romance authors, with new episodes dropping every Wednesday.